All right, what's up, guys? It's your girl, Butter P. You are here listening to Kicking It With Butter. I got my girl, Esther Brunat, in the building with me. And I was just showing her this new pair of sneakers I just got. Uh, they are Adidas. They are the New York Arsh Arshams. I don't even know how to pronounce them, but they're pretty fire. <laughs> Uh, so the packaging, I'm going to post some pictures online so you guys can kind of see how dope it is. But when you open up the box, it's actually got like this little string on it and you've got to like peel the whole piece of string to open up the box and you open it up. Um, it's got a dust bag on top. Pretty dope. And I was just sharing with Esther, right? Yes, Are you digging them? I am. All white. I've never owned a pair of Adidas shoes. What? I know. What size do you wear? <laughs> eight, eight and a half. I got you. I'm going to hook you up. <laughs> yes, please. So how do you not own a pair of Adidas? You work at a high school. Exactly. The kids are like, like I wear my Roshis and they're like, Miss Bruna, nobody wears Roshis anymore. We not at all. Well, you. Kalani's got a pair on, I think. But actually, no, he's got his Yeezys on, which actually we're probably going to have to retire the Yeezys. But anyway, uh, no, we're not retiring Yeezys. No? Okay. <laughs> Kanata's the wife. Whatever. Anyways, so I've got these all white, right? You digging them? Yeah. All white. These are pretty dope. Realize like there's frayed stitching going frayed on. Frayed stitching here. canvas. Yeah. Right? Um, got this phone number in the back. Not really sure what that is. Esther's going to call I it in a little bit. Call it. <laughs> check it out. So I'm going to post some pictures of these on my Instagram feed so you guys can check out. But the, the best part of these sneakers, guys, is that I actually found these with my husband uh, at Marshall's. For, I don't even know if I should tell you guys the goodness. <laughs> I don't know. Like, should, do, I, do I tell Marshall. my secrets? <laughs> $39.99, guys. $39.99. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post a picture online. You guys are going to dig them. And don't ask me for them because you're not getting them. <laughs> I'm going to surprise some people and wear them to, I don't know, because I don't really have shows anymore. But I'll wear them somewhere amazing. Cool? You liking the sneakers? I love it. Dope. All right, so you just said you don't own a pair of Adidas. I don't. That's, that's uh, quite <laughs> surprising to me because you work at a high school, I so do. I would think that you would choose to be fashion forward at I, high school. I want to be, and the kids make, like, I can't even wear sneakers because they're going to, like, they're like, yo, Miss Renat, like, get your life together. <laughs> okay, so are you a shoe person? Would you consider yourself a shoe person? I'm not. I know. That's no, crazy. You're not. I'm not. So are you like the person that wore like Toms, like one pair of Toms and that's all you wear for the rest of the year? <laughs> I do own a pair of Toms. My first pair was like, had like math, like a cloth that like had like math equations <laughs> and stuff like that because I'm a math teacher. So like my shoes, they have to be super versatile. Um, like I could, should be able to wear them with like 15,000 different things. And then um, I don't know, like... I don't really like closed-toed shoes like that a lot. So that's okay, so you're a Florida girl. Yeah. So let's get that out of the way. Yeah. You're so Florida like girl. So mostly sandals, <laughs> yeah. right? So what would you say, what is the most expensive shoe you probably have ever bought? And how much were they? Do you remember? Ooh, I have... <laughs> my most expensive shoe, I'm pretty sure, is a pair of Fergalicious, like... Um, I think they're called Fergalicious. Uh, and they're open-toed, like, brown leather sandals with, like, a block heel, like a wooden block heel. Mm. I love them. They're super comfortable. I've had them for a couple years now. 
um, and they cost me like sixty dollars. Whoa, big spender! <laughs> <I'm> a teacher, <laughs> you gotta watch that coin. <laughs> Yo, true that. Poor teachers, man. You got you know. Shout out to shout out to all the teachers in my high school. Yo, oh my my, my teachers were quite stylish. Oh. I, I, you know, I can say that. I think I think a lot of the st- teachers when I was in school, they, they were pretty stylish. Yeah, I mean, my kids they compliment cool. me and stuff like that. Sometimes they rash on me too, but... <laughs> <laughs> so when you pull up on your, with your Roshis, they're not feeling them? The first year, they were when Roshis were cool. Was <laughs> right. They were like, oh, now you got Roshis. And I was feeling myself. And then, <laughs> so two years later, you right. still got the Roshis, and they're like, nah. Brown, we can't even talk to you. Like, no joke, a kid said that. Yo, Miss Brunette, like, if you're wearing Roshis, I can't even talk to you. <laughs> they, don't, they don't know the struggle. They don't. That's because their they parents don't. are spoiling them. So I wanted to bring you on. So guys, uh, so yeah, I didn't even introduce you. So my girl Esther Brunette is here with me. Uh, she is one of my former, I don't even know what to call you. I don't either. But uh, I guess mentees yeah. or whatever. Uh, I've known you since you were probably about 14. 14-ish. Yeah, I would guess that too. Crazy. So about 10 years, right? 14 years. I'm 28. 14. Okay. So about, <laughs> so about 14 years. Um, so yeah, met you, met you at church. You were one of our students that we would mentor mm-hmm. and, uh, one of the things that's always stuck out about me, well, two things, your laugh, it's always contagious. I, I love get it. That a lot. I can hear you from anywhere. I know Esther's oh. in the building. <laughs> and the other thing that I've always been impressed with is your friendship with your best friend. So we're going to talk about that today. Uh, and also, you know, just a little bit about what you do for a living and, and all that stuff. I just want people to get to know you. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, share with me a little bit about your journey about, you know, traveling, uh-huh. how you became a teacher, how the heck did you end up teaching <laughs> math at freaking right, right. Terravella High School? I know. Out of all places. Well, like we I grew up in church. I'm a church kid, so um, when you get out of youth group, it's like, what do you do where you go to church? Oh, you just need to be a like a youth leader, right? So I figured that was just the natural pro- progression. So um, I, but I realized I had liked it. I was a camp counselor, da da da, and I enjoyed it. So I was in college. I thought I was going to be a business major. I was like trying to be like, you know, like the manager of like some corporation or something like that. And then I failed accounting, <laughs> and I was like, what? Because my teacher was fine. Like, and I was like, if you can't pass the class and your teacher's fine, like there's no hope for you. So. I dropped out of business, and for some weird reason, like, Broward College was just then uh, opening up teacher education programs to get a four-year degree, Mm. and I had already had a full ride to the school, so I was like, well, I know I like high schoolers, so why not try this, and I was pretty good at math in high school, like, all A's and B's. I wasn't, like, a genius or nothing like that, but I got it, so I was like, well, it seems like it's right to me, you know, so I did that. And I'm super thankful because I graduated debt-free, which is a Mm. huge thing. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Basically got paid to go to school. And um, and then, so right after college, I was looking for jobs. I thought I really wanted to work at a Christian school. And the Christian school over here, like, interviewed me, said they loved me, and then never called me back. Liars. Christians liars. (laughs) I was was super salty. (laughs) And um, so I was talking to somebody... Um, actually, 
Jonathan Manning, Pastor Tom's son, and he was like, you should look overseas. Like, overseas schools are always I looking. I remember that. Yep. Because that was, like, when they first got here. Yes. So he knew all about that. Exactly. So I went to go look up his school, but it was too cold in Vienna. <laughs> <laughs> we don't do snow. No. <laughs> and But it sent me to a website called missionteach.com, and I put my resume up, and probably, like, five or six schools got back to me, like, within, like, a week. But I ended up choosing to go to Panama because Panama was going to fly me out there. They were going to pay for my housing. They were going to provide a stipend. And whenever I was ready to go back home, they were going to fly me back home too. And like healthcare was in, included. So I wasn't making like buku money or anything like that. But I was like, this is an opportunity of a lifetime. So I decided to get on a plane literally 30 days after I had said yes and move overseas to Panama, a place I had never been, barely ever heard of. All I knew is they had a canal. <laughs> that's all, that's I, all I know from school <laughs> so what was that experience like because you were there what two three, or three years. years so what was that experience so you didn't speak the language right right you, there's no one really there that looks like you right <laughs> so what, what did that experience look like for you so when I first like let's talk about me getting to the airport they were like okay we're gonna be there waiting for you with a sign that says Esther on it and I'm like okay great but and and I had originally changed my ticket to come back like um, to like my original ticket was like in the morning and then my ticket that we changed it to was um, like at night, right? So I get there um, like earlier than I thought I was going to get there and nobody's there. But we had changed the ticket weeks before, right? Um. So I'm like, nobody's here. And all I knew was Nadine told me before I left, she was, I was like, guys, I'm moving. Da, 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 da. And she was like, don't Do you get know where you go? Yeah, she was <laughs> like, she like, like, like gave me a, like took it with, when they say take it with a grain of salt, like that was Nadine. She was my salt. Like she was like, Esther, you need to go look this place up. You need to go make sure it's legit. You need to go find some people on the ground. So what I ended up doing was I had contact, contacted some um, Assemblies of God missionaries on the ground to see if the school was legit, right? And so I just emailed, found them on the AG website and I found some people. So when I'm at the airport, nobody's there. I'm, I I panic and I'm like okay well, let me snap, call. I just got hustled. Yeah. So this missionary lady said, um, "Here's my number, just in case you need anything." So I went up to the lady speaking no Spanish at all. I was like, "Telefono, like, like, I just need to call this number." So she calls the number and I get on the phone with this lady named Julie Bell. And she's like, I'll see what I could do for you. And she knew the people at the school. Um, she actually had found, helped found the school, which was really funny. And uh, she calls them. They get to the airport maybe 15 minutes later. And the, my boss my boss then looks at me like, how do you know Julie Bell? Because like she was kind of like a big deal. Like, mm. how would I know that? You know what I mean? So that was kind of how my life started in Panama. Um, so fortunately enough, I worked at an American school. Um, so, and all the teachers were American, well, most of them. And, um, so people that I hung out with or did life with, went to church with, we went to an American church. So I should be fluent in Spanish, but shame on me. I'm not. I speak what I call survival Spanish. Like I can order my steak and go to the grocery <laughs> store and catch a cat. <laughs> and catch a chick. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so that was like the struggle, but not really, I really enjoyed it. And those were, I tell people all the time, like the best three years of my life. Like, mm. um, like those were like my glory days. I'm trying to find my new glory days. <laughs> so, um, but, but you I still have it. relationships with some of the students from yeah. there, right? Cause aren't you going back soon to like someone's wedding or something? Yeah. So, um, I, 
like I just got actually in, in, um, invited to one of my kids' wedding next year too. Um, next June, she got engaged like a couple weeks ago. She's like, hey, I would really love you if you came to my wedding. I would like you for to, to um, say a scripture, like read a scripture at the wedding. Like, like these are like the deep relationships that I had formed while I was over there. I would have never guessed that that's what was going to come out of there, you know? Like, the other day, I drove up to Orlando to see one of my girls that I had not seen since I left. Um, and we've been trying to catch each other. Like, I'd be in Atlanta, and she was, like, just leaving Atlanta, whatever. So she was in Orlando, so I went up to go see her. Um, and I met her boyfriend, who she's really serious with, that they're probably going to get married to. Like, <laughs> so um, those relationships, I think I'll have them forever and it taught me like what what true discipleship and what true like building relationships with people mm. is like like you guys did a really good job with us when we were younger like doing life with us bringing us to your house going shopping doing like ridiculous things whatever so when I got to Panama I was like well this is what my people did with me so like <laughs> I'm just gonna go ahead and do this with the girls and um I they were over at my house. We went to the movies. Their parents would have me over. When their parents were out of town, they would ask me to babysit. Like, it was just like on a whole nother level. That's awesome. It was the best. So, <clears throat> so would you say it's something that you would recommend for young people who are looking Highly. for an experience? Like, <laughs> you don't know what you want to do. Go to Panama and teach. <laughs> oh my gosh, people like sometimes people come up to me like, "Hey, I'm looking at this opportunity." Um, what would you, like, would you, I'm like, if you're looking for somebody to talk you out of it, I'm not the one. Like, if you're having reservations and you need somebody to tell you no, like, I'm not the one. I'm going to tell you to go. Like, do it however you're going to get Yo, there. Yo, I like, should, like, pitch a sponsorship <laughs> deal with that company, that organization, and get you some money. Like, I know. Mission teach, no, Mission Teach is probably broke. <laughs> Sponsoring missionaries. <laughs> I think they are, they got a few bucks. They probably especially do. if they AG. Listen, so how long has it been since you've been back from Panama? It's gonna be three years in like a month and a half. Three years. So what has that looked like in the transition period? Because how long have you been teaching? A six. This this I'm finishing year six right now. So how long have you been teaching here in America? Uh it'll be the third year. Third year. So uh -huh. you came from Panama came back here and started right. teaching. Three years over three seas, three years here. And all three years have been Terravella. Mm -hmm. So how has that been compared to, what do these spoiled American kids look like <laughs> compared to okay. Panamanian kids? So I will say this, that I worked at a private school in Panama, um, and I did not work with poor kids like or, mm. or, or third world country kids or, or whatever. Like I worked with... Um, well, kids. they were missionary kids, right? Most some of them, of them were okay. missionary kids, but some of them were just regular kids whose parents owned businesses. And I mean, people like, I would have never guessed that they were wealthy because they carried themselves so well. But they were like, a lot of my kids were really wealthy or doing better than the average Joe, you know? Mm. Um, and uh, so that was one of the things that surprised me when I started figuring it out. I was like, yo, like... Why is your first car a Mercedes? <laughs> you know what I mean? But they like, were I'm just struggling. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that was very interesting to me. Um, what I appreciated the most was the tight knit community and how everybody kind of like relied on everybody because no matter what your uh, socioeconomic status was, it was kind of. Um, Everybody kind of struggled because, like, the country wasn't, like, as as advanced as... Mm, got it. Right, America, yeah. right? Like, so you couldn't just be every man for himself in Panama, no matter how well off you were, right? You always needed somebody for something. 
Um, so I think that's one of the things that like set apart the um, the experience from working there to working here. So um, when I got here, like I can I could hang out with my kids over there. Their parents would invite me over when working here. Like I cannot. Do mm. nothing outside of school with my kids. Like the other day, one of my kids is like, "Yo, Miss Bernard, let's have a beach party." I'm like, "I like my job." <laughs> okay, so let, let's talk about that a second. So you, so, so that type of stuff you can't do. Like, what is the boundary with your students here in America? Um, I would say that I know that that some people like kind of sort of do it, but it's really frowned upon because you know I'm sure somebody once upon a time did something that they were not supposed to do. So. Um, like we are not there's a lot of red tape around it like mm. I would have to get permissions and you know notarized documents and and whatever so we just don't do anything with our students outside of the school umbrella so like if some of your students were going to be at the beach on Saturday mm-hmm. and they'd be like Miss Bruna why don't you come kick it with us and you're like alright I'll meet you there I would not. <laughs> you would not. Is Unless that by I choice or is that because of uh, just the red tape that's there? Because of the red tape. Mm, interesting. Uh-huh. If there were parents there, that would be a different story, right? Like if, if I knew parents were going to be there and the parents were the were the primary source of approaching me about it, I would feel differently and I would feel like I could do that under that umbrella. Does that make sense? Yeah. But um, outside of that, no. Why do you think that has happened? Um... I think because maybe once upon a time a, a school teacher took advantage of their privilege mm. and then you know ruined it for the rest of us and a parent probably sued the school you know what I mean like yeah. so schools you know get in trouble for that kind of stuff or they just completely That's nix crazy. it mm-hmm. the reason why I ask is because um one of the most influential people in my life mm-hmm. right someone who right. has been there since I was 14 years old she is my my daughter's godmother, mm-hmm. she was like my second mother. I don't do the whole, like, my, like, I love my mom. Like, right, I got, exactly. I got one mom. <laughs> but this lady stepped in and, like, changed my world, right? She was my high school art teacher. I've talked about her with everybody. Right. I know, right? Cindy. I Shout think. out to Cindy. Yeah, Cindy. But um, she played a huge role in my life. Like, I met her when I was 14, I never forget the first time I saw her. She was just such, she was just who I needed in my life for that season. I didn't know that at 14, but I was like, dude, she's so cool. And this, she was like one of the coolest teachers in school. I mean, everybody loved her. But I remember, uh, I think it was in ninth grade, I got kicked off the school bus. (laughs) (laughs) No. I did. I got kicked off for fighting a guy, right? What? You were fighting guys? I was a savage, absolutely. (laughs) But uh, no, it was a friend of mine, and we're on the school sidebar. We're we're on the school bus. I don't even remember what we were arguing about, and I, I just got completely disrespectful, and I spit on my friend. Right, oh my so word. I get kicked off the school bus. So I go home, tell my parents, like, uh, "Yo, I need a ride to school." <laughs> and my dad's like, "What? What happened?" So I was like, oh, "I got in trouble, whatever, whatever." So my dad takes me to school. He drops me off. He says, "Listen, this is the last time I'm taking you to school. I gotta be mm-hmm. at work, whatever. You better figure it out. How are you gonna get to school?" So I'm like, "Yo, like I live mad far from the school. Like I need to get on so the you school." You lost bus. your bus privileges. I lost my my bus privileges for Ooh, the rest just of the school the year. Oh no, for the rest God. of the school year. Mind you, school had like recently just started. Like it was only like a few months in. So I was like, "Dang." So um, 
I told my teacher, I told Cindy, uh, her name was Miss S's at the time, shout out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I can't get on a school bus, so I'm, I'm tripping, like, after school. And one day she's like, what's going on, right? And I'm like, I'll have a ride home. And she's like, what do you mean you don't have a ride home? Like, where's your bus? And I'm like, and I didn't want to tell her what happened. So finally I told her, long story short. So that woman, this freaking angel yeah. of a teacher, picked me up for school But not only just for a few days, like, she picked me up for school every day for the rest of my high school years until I graduated high school. Wow. And since freshman year all the way? Freshman year. Did she She, live next to you? She did not. Wow. That was crazy. crazy. So she probably lived about... So, like, she actually had to pass my high school in order to come pick me up, and then we would go to the school. No. Like So every day she picked me up. And so, you know, she, there was other stuff. She did. I mean, she's actually... I know, right? Like, she was definitely a blessing. Like, I, t- I talk about her all the time because she's definitely not a normal, you know, yeah. teacher. But, I mean, she did stuff for other students. But she, for me, like, mm-hmm. for me personally, like, I know God placed her in my life for a reason. She's actually what helped me introduce me to this whole sneaker addiction because... I was always, um, you know, I was kind of, I wasn't bad. I just would get in trouble. But if I would get my grades right or whatever, she would reward me. She'd be like, listen, if you get yourself gotcha. together, I got okay. you. I'm going to buy you some kicks. Okay. Like, so I'm like, cool. I went to those new Jordans. But, you know. I did not know this. Yeah. So um, that was always my reward. But she was such an amazing teacher. But, uh, you know, conversations I have with other teachers, when I tell them that, they're like, yo, I would get fired now for something like yeah. that. So I'm just always curious because the, the she, I mean, of course, I feel like my story is different. She just went over and beyond. But I'm just always curious because I see the, the students now and mm-hmm. the behaviors they have. Yeah. And I'm just always curious, um, and maybe you can answer this, you know, do you think that a lot of their behaviors stems from not actually being able to build closer relationships with teachers? I would say 100% because kids that that I hear, oh, this kid is so bad, this kid's getting suspended, da, 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 da. like in my class, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like that mm. kid's never been like that with me or disrespected me in any kind of way like that. I have a I have a thing for kind of like that crazy kid like I because I, I don't know anything about them when they walk into my class or anything like that. So everyone's got clean slate. Right. Right. I don't do any background research which some people would say is bad, but whatever. Like <laughs> so I don't know who would they just walk into my classroom and um turns out this kid has an attitude problem or turns out this kid is commonly an IS, you know, mm. internal suspension, turns out this kid you know, it's cussing out teachers left and right because they told them to stop doing this, that, and the other. And I could tell that kid to stop doing this, that, and the other, plus another this, that, and the other. And they, they would be like, it. all right. <laughs> so know. are you, are you like one of the cool teachers at Terravella? I'm totally the cool teacher. They love Miss like, Brunat. Oh, snap. They, I mean, <laughs> I'm not even tooting my, I don't even feel like I'm tooting my own horn because they'll be like, they'll say the same things. Like, they'll throw shade a little bit, but they love me. Like, I love them. They're like, can you teach the next class? Like, if they're in algebra, they're like, are you going to teach geometry? We want you to teach geometry. If they're in geometry, they're like, can you teach algebra too? We want you to, we want you next year. And I'm always like, I paid my dues. <laughs> so, so outside of, outside of you teaching the math, right? Mm-hmm. What, what are some other, like, do you get to have other moments with them? Just like life moments? Like, do they come to you like after a breakup or they didn't make this basketball team? Or do you have right. heart to hearts with them like that? Um, I would say yes. They're fewer and far between than when I was in Panama. 
Um, but I'm trying to like kind of like leave room for that a little bit more. And that's hard for me to kind of find that space because I have a curriculum that I need to like get through or mm. whatever. So I, I'm a lot of business. Um, I'm trying to learn to like be chill like at the beginning of class. Like usually I'm like, no, this is your warm up. Get to work. Don't talk to me, whatever. Um, but like I have a kid, for instance, that. Like, she always got a story. Like, she walks into class, like... Miss Brunette! Yes! What did you about last night? You know, so yesterday she walks in, and she's like, Mr. Such-and-Such such, um, decided to give me IS because I cussed out a teacher. Why are you cussing out teachers? You know, like... So she'll tell me stories about that. She'll tell me stories about, you know, like, I got it. I got it. My dad got me in trouble. And then I got to church. And then I got in trouble. And then I got in trouble. I got in trouble. <laughs> but she's, like, never in trouble... With me, but <laughs> I just, so I'm trying to leave room for that. So I've gotten a couple stories like, hey, Miss Bernal, like I'm talking to this girl, like, mm. what do you think? Um, uh, you know, or, you know, this is where we at, we're at in the relationship or, you know, a kid will come in one day. She was like, uh, she looked a little off and. I was like, what's up with you? And she was like, nothing. Like, you know, but like you could tell something <laughs> nothing, was wrong, something though. Nothing, something wrong, yeah. And you'll come to find out she broke up with her boyfriend, right? <laughs> That's why she was logging in like, you know, I am woman. Like, <laughs> I run this, don't let me. <laughs> you know, and then two weeks later, she's like, my boyfriend invited me over. Oh, gosh. And then he bought me food. So we're back together. <laughs> High school love. Right. Aw. You know, so I get the stories. Um, you know, one of my kids walked in, he's like, yo, Miss Bernard, like, I just got a gig, like, he's a trumpet player, and he just got a gig to, like, play with, like, some orchestra or something like that. So I'm starting, it, it happens more towards the end of the year, because we have a little bit more time now. Mm, got it, yeah. You know, so, uh, they're, they're coming, I wish I knew how to make more time for it, yeah. if that makes sense, so. So, okay, let's let people know, so, with the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas shooting, right? Right, right, right. Down the street from us. Yeah. Right? Um, how was that for you? Being in the high school, the shooting is happening. Did you guys find out about it at the school? Did you find out afterwards? Like, what was that day like for you? Okay, so I had two kids in my class after school. One of them was getting help, and the other one was just hanging out. And um, we're, like, doing homework or whatever. And my custodian walks in, and my custodian's like, hey, they're trying to get everybody out of here. And this was the day of? This was the day of. Okay. And I'm like, what's up? And I could tell, he he would tell me, but once the kids left, like, I could just kind of read his face. So I was like, all right, guys, uh, you guys got to go if you need anything. Like, I have a little texting service. I was like, just text me. And um, so they left, and I was like, yo, Mike, what's up? And he was like, uh, there was a shooting, like, a, there's an there's a armed gunman at Summon Douglas, so they're just trying to get everybody out of here just in case because they haven't found him yet. And I was like... Okay, so I hadn't heard any fatalities or anything like mm -hmm. that. So I clear, I clear my stuff out. I go home and I turn on the news, and it was surreal to me because last year our school had had a, a code red, which is you know somebody's armed mm -hmm. in the building, right? Ours ended up being a false alarm. A kid yeah. had brought like a fake gun or something like that. But we were locked in the classrooms for four and a half hours, kids peeing in buckets, like <laughs> because Crazy. yeah. Um, and so I was like, well, this is not real. Like, it's just somebody... Playing around. Right, yeah. exactly. They'll find him. It'll be fake. It'll be fine, right? And then we found out there was 17 fatalities. And, like, it was like life changed, mm. right? Like, the game, it was different now, you know? So 
we're having staff meetings. People are angry, you know, um, because they want safety. They want to ensure that people are going to be safe. Um, you know, mm. no, no kids showed up to school for the rest of the week. Like I had like five, six kids in every class, something like that, you know? Um, and parents just wanted to know that their kids were going to be safe. We had extra cops at the school, you know, just for the illusion of safety. But I mean, there's almost really nothing that you can do unless we make our schools look like prisons. prisons. There's nothing, yeah. you know what I mean? And I don't want to go to work in a, in a, in a, in a prison. Like yeah. <laughs> I don't want eight feet walls. I don't want to go through a metal detector. I don't think our kids should have to do that either. Um, because you, you know, you hear about this country, about the school to prison pipeline. Like if it's already bad enough, as people are saying, like, then I don't need my little black boys growing up in a place where, um, you know, we're, we're doing that to them and mm-hmm. training them for that kind of behavior or whatever. So, um, so my life has changed in the sense that like, we've always supposed to, we've always been supposed to keep our doors locked. Like since Sandy Hook happened, like that was a thing across the board, everybody lock your doors. Um, and, but I was never a door locker because my kids are always in and out. Like the last So you guys actually it. lock the doors mm-hmm. or meaning just close it. Right. And keep it so that like you can't come in from the outside mm. unless you have a key. That Those are the rules. I never did that because I had the laptop cart in my room. Kids in study hall needed to come get it. So, um, and then like if a kid needs to go to the bathroom, it's annoying for that one kid by the door to keep getting up to go yeah. open the door. So I always had my door open. And I just remember the day after our our SRO, our school resource officer, was coming around. And I was in my planning period. I like my door open during my planning period because I don't want to feel alone. Like, I don't know why that helps, like, having the door open, <laughs> yeah. but I just leave it open. And he was like, yo, you need to keep this shut. Like, um, and so it started to change. Mm. So now I'm very careful like, I always used to, like, leave the door cracked or something like that. I always keep it shut, like, at the beginning of class, like, immediately, hey, you such and such, go please go close that door or whatever. And when I realized that it got bad was, like, now, if somebody walks by the door, I immediately, like, look, look. to see who it is. Mm. If I hear a weird noise down the hallway, like, I flinch now. And, my, and, the, and I remember the first couple of days, like, the kids... Like if like anything kind of loud happened outside in the hallway, they all flinched. And I was like, who wants to go to school like in a world where that's what you're kind of feeling? You know, my uh, my first period has this joke. It's funny, but it's not funny um, where like when somebody knocks at the door, one of my kids who's like sits next to my door, he gets up and he like makes the person he's like, hands up, turn around. (laughs) (laughs) That's your pocket. And then he like opens the door. It's like a joke now, but like. But he's serious. Yeah. He's like, yo, it, I, you think I'm joking, but I need you to turn around, yeah. bro. He's like, yo, Miss B, I'm trying to protect y'all. <laughs> How, you know, one thing I've learned with kids, though, with, with um, young people, mm-hmm. they're resilient, right? Yes. They're able to bounce back. But what was that conversation like with your students after the shooting? Like, it was very interesting because you could see like the little activists kind of like Come rise out. up mm. in some kids. Like kids started who, like I have a girl who's like your typical goody two shoes student, gets all her work done, doesn't really talk a lot in class, whatever, whatever. 
when we were having these conversations like afterwards about what they think should be done and stuff like that, like all of a sudden her voice was loud and clear. Mm. Like we need to change our gun laws. We need to like, you know, call our politicians, like things that I had never, I don't picture our kids. Like they're so engrossed in Snapchat and social. Like I don't see them being real human beings sometimes. And then, <laughs> like little robots. Yeah. So when they started to speak up and express their opinions about stuff like that, it it impressed me, you mm-hmm. know, that at that age they could be, you know, so we had a couple walkouts, um, you know, the national ones that were happening and our, our students participated and rallied and made signs and stuff like that. And um, that was very interesting to me to watch them kind of do that. And those conversations were good conversations. And then you have the kids who were shook. Yeah. You know, like really sad, you know, didn't talk for a couple of days. Um, I remember having my students, uh, because some teacher at Douglas had wanted letters, like, hey, could you guys just write letters to our to our students or mm. whatever? But then the principal was like, hey, pump your brakes, because the whole nation was sending them letters, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Um, I remember having my students write letters to um, the kids at Stoneman Douglas and it was interesting to see which kids were empathetic, mm. you know, leaving, leaving their, a, a lot of times my kids for play play will like put their Snapchat name or their Instagram name, but they were doing it this time, not for exposure, but like, Hey, if you need somebody to talk to, you know, Hit you can, up. yeah. Wow. And I was like, wow, look at these, you know? And I just remember one of these kids who I would have never thought he's a little kid. He sits in the front. He's quiet put a Bible verse on there. He was like, if you ever, you know, like when I'm having a tough time, this is what I look to or whatever. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> I was like, look at you, <laughs> you know? So it, it changed my perspective a lot with what they're capable of, what yeah. they're processing um, and different stuff like that. So I think, you know, I think that that um, situation that happened woke a lot of people up. I think young people... I think it woke up adults. I think mm-hmm. it woke up a lot of leaders who were sleeping, Yeah. right? Um, I remember going, uh, my aunt came to visit, and um, so I took her, you know, to the school. Mm-hmm. And so it was, yeah. like, fresh. Like, it had just recently yeah. happened. So I took her, and she didn't, she couldn't under, like, for her, she's like, I can't understand how something like this would happen. And she's looking at the school, and she's like, this is such a beautiful campus, right? Mm. And so the interesting thing, the interesting thing about my aunt is that she spent over 30 years working with the police department in Pennsylvania, wow. right? Mm-hmm. So she she's speaking to me from a different perspective. Yeah. She's speaking for me of from the police perspective. So, um, you know, just explaining how we need more security. We need, you guys need more security. You need more guns, and you need. And I'm like, what? Yeah. You know, and um, but I can understand her perspective, exactly. even though it. I don't agree with the perspective, but mm-hmm. I, I was able to sit and... Because I think sometimes we could just get caught in our own idea of what should happen, right? Yes. But then you actually sit and hear the other side, and it's like, man, how do we secure these schools, you yeah. know? But then it's like, but we try to secure them, but then we're, like you said, we're building prisons, right? Mm-hmm. And I think for me, um, one thing I learned as an adult and as a mentor through this process was that these kids know what they want, yeah, and I think we we have limited um, who they are because we feel like oh, all you yeah. guys care about social media and da 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 exactly. <clears throat> but I think this was a great example 
of how powerful this generation is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a conversation with a friend of mine, and I said, if we, if this doesn't speak volumes of how powerful that generation is, yeah. then you're just choosing to be blind to the power that they have. Yeah. Like, they, these kids are able to shift and, and change what's about to happen. But I think, you know, what was good um, from what I noticed, mm-hmm. um, people were willing to hear both sides, why mm. we should... Yeah. have stricter gun laws, why we shouldn't, what what yeah. um, freedoms are we losing, What you know, all those things. And I think these students, they're so much better than us because mm. they're willing to listen to both sides. Yeah. Where I think our generation is like, nah, bruh, we got the answers. Yeah. And these kids are like, no, you don't. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's why this happened. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I just think, you know, I just think it's like how you're saying, you're able to see your students rise up and you're uh-huh. like, wow, like you actually do have a voice yeah. and you're actually using it for for something empowering, you know? Does that does that encourage you as a leader? Oh my gosh, yes. When I saw those those Stoneman Douglas kids like rallying the entire I was country, in tears. I was like, oh my god, I know. I was like, I want to be your teacher. <laughs> I was like, how do I be your teacher? <laughs> you know, I felt proud. Yeah, I mean, they were able to gather everybody for this march. Yeah, like, all in over Washington. The world. Yeah, that was insane to me. That is so grassroots. I think it's impressive. Even if you don't agree with their stance, you've got to be impressed with how they were able to move. And you got to be, you got to want to listen too. Like after they do that, it's not like you don't, you, you can't write those kids off. Yeah. You can't just be like, oh, you're just a kid saying whatever. It makes you want to listen, which is why like, I don't understand. Or it was, it's hard for me to like look at politicians and be like, how did you not just listen to them? Like, (laughs) They just, they just got their talking points. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Because of politicians, right? Mm-hmm. So now they're starting to make decisions for you guys, right? right? Um, it's been mentioned, all these things. Yeah. Well, now the kids at Douglas now have clear backpacks. Clear backpacks yeah. uh, they're wanting to add more police officers to the campuses. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're wanting to give weapons to teachers. To teachers. Mm-hmm. What's your take on that? Are you trying to carry a gun? Am I trying to carry a gun? No. Like... I made a whole video about this on my Instagram. <laughs> um, and I would, I think that's ludicrous. I really do think that's ludicrous because, um, one, the thought that it would take for me to, like, go get a weapon after I secure the kids and then to, to potentially want me to shoot a former student, that's a... That's a big like. I don't think people I didn't even realize. Think of it like that. Like yeah, the, the like that student. kid went yeah. to yeah, yeah, yeah. Douglas. You want me to shoot one of my former babies? Like that's crazy. You know. Even if he was crazy, I. I mean, you're not thinking like that, right? Though. Yeah. You know, I would just be shook. Like, and I, I think in that moment, if I ever had to go through something like that, I would be very conscious of the 25 or 28 whatever kids that were currently in my classroom like how do I keep you guys safe and I understand that like shooting that one person might save like a couple more lives I don't I would I would be more willing to give my life than to shoot somebody else I Mm. think a thousand times a thousand times to save those kids yeah and then my other thing my other part of that is like you don't know my coworkers. Like I don't really know my coworkers, and I know some of them is crazy. Like <laughs> I mean, I think <laughs> yeah. I 
don't know that I want some of them having guns. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, I mean, since this has happened, there have already been stories about teachers misfiring guns. You know what I mean? And then people are talking about, which I didn't even think of, you know, with the, all the stories about pro- police violence and police brutality or whatever. Yeah. There, Somebody said the other day, like, you don't think that this is just going to turn into, like, teachers shooting black kids? And I was like, oh. <laughs> you know? Um, Crazy. Like, on accident or, you know... Um, so I think it's too messy. I just feel like they've already given you teachers responsibility, uh, yes. right? Like your job is to go and teach, right? It's bad enough they don't even give y'all money to buy y'all supplies. Yeah. Like that throws me off every year when I see all these teachers going to go buy their own supplies. Or as a parent, right? I got this <laughs> list. Right. Now I've just spent $50 on school supplies. I'm like, yeah. bruh. And you're contributing I, to the classroom. I, I, paid, I paid taxes. Yes. And it's like I need 30, 70 racers. Bruh, I one daughter. <laughs> Why should need 37 erasers? Right. Oh, because it's for second and third grade. It's like, hold on a second. Yep. But I think, you know, um, they don't, you know, they've given you guys enough stuff to worry about, uh-huh. right? You guys have already these drills in place to, mm-hmm. to secure these kids. So to add on having a weapon is just like, man, that's just another. And I don't think everybody's built for that. I don't think everyone has the mental capacity for that, even if you're trained. Yeah. Like, you'll never know until you're put in that situation. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, what if you don't respond? Then are you held accountable? Right. Right? Exactly. Like, what if you have a gun and then your class still gets shot up or something? But, like, the the police officer that was there, right? He didn't Mm -hmm. come in the building. So he's being held responsible for that. But are teachers now held responsible for, hey, you didn't respond by shooting? Like, yo, like, I can't pay, like, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And there's some crazy legislation about, like, schools, I forget, like, in Kansas or something like that, where the, um, like, if the schools don't arm teachers... And something like, happens. Something happens, and the school is liable. That's crazy. Like to that's me. what kind of legislation like they're people, passing, and that they're passing this legislation under, under something else. Yes, because people don't want to take the blame. So instead that's of them crazy. actually uh, addressing the the problem mm-hmm. straight up, like yo, we got a gun problem. Right. Let's cover it up in other stuff, and then we'll blame we'll we'll give the blame to the state or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think it's crazy, but you know it's. It's a scary thing where we're at because, like, what you said earlier, um, you know, you already have, imagine, right? You're a teacher. You always got that one kid that just want to be a pain in your butt in class, right? (laughs) So imagine you just having a real crappy day. Yeah. And someone's going to threaten that little bum and be like, bro, don't make me pull out my gun on you, right? That's all it takes. Yes. And then that fool, I'm like, oh, pull it out. And then, bop, 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 right. before you know it, a gun is pulled. And Under the stress of a situation, like, you'll say a lot of things to get a kid to <laughs> just sit down. Like, yo, I got a nine in my pocket now. Like, I need like, you to settle down. So I think that's crazy that they're asking you guys um, for I, that. I think I saw your Instagram. Uh-huh. Uh, um, wasn't it an Instagram story that you did or something like that? About talking about the gun, them giving you a gun. No, it was a video. Oh, okay. I had made a video. This was like a like a post. Like usually it's just stories, but I had made a whole video because I was like, 
I felt some type of way that week. She's like, I'm not feeling it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yo, Instagram, right? Yes. <laughs> Let's talk about Instagram real quick. <laughs> Let's talk about it. <laughs> so, you're becoming a little bit of an Instagram star. I'm right? trying, yeah. You're, you're, you've passed me, <laughs> which I'm a little bitter about. Are you a little bitter about? I'm not going to lie, it's one of my goals. I was like, okay, the most <laughs> famous person I know on Instagram right now is Butterpiece. So, if I pass her, I'll feel like I accomplished something. So, you have. I think you passed me. I you're, think I might have, yeah. You passed me by like 200 people. Yeah. Actually, I think it might be a little bit more or whatever. It's nothing. So, really. I was on your Instagram the other day. I was like, yo, she passed me. That's dope. <laughs> um, I haven't been doing much of anything. Just posting pictures of my kids. <laughs> um, no one cares anymore. They're like, yo, sh- I don't care about your kids. Got some music. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but you're so you passed me an Instagram follow. So your goal is to get ten thousand by August. August, right? Yes. So uh, talk to me about who's your who's your I don't even know what to call audience. them. Who's your audience? <laughs> I was gonna say your fan base because as a music Just, person. Right. So who's your audience on Instagram? Okay, so my audience is definitely teachers. Teachers, right? All right the ones that don't want guns. Right. Right. The ones that don't want guns because there's a group of them that, that do. want. Yeah. Oh, so. shoot. Okay. They're the ones wearing the Make America, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, I think earlier this school year, I, had, I started a blog last year and um, I was like, I, I was talking to a girl who has a successful blog. And she was talking about her Instagram, how it kind of just goes with it. So I was like, okay, so let me just step up my Instagram game or whatever. And I stumbled upon this crazy community of teachers that I did not know ex- existed. Like, there are Insta-famous teachers. Like, so when I stumbled upon them, I was like, oh, this is crazy. So I thought, okay, because a lot of them shared lesson plans. And, and uh, This is how I do. This is how the song I sing to right. teach them. This is the science. activity that yeah. I use. Blah, 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 blah. So I was like, okay, Esther, I mean, you, you do some cool stuff in the classroom. Yeah, try, try this out. And um, so I started like that with, like, basic blog posts and whatever. Anyway, one day, one of my kids, because they're obsessed with me <laughs> and my lack of a boyfriend. <laughs> oh, my God. Because I, I try my best to build relationships with them. So they feel, because they feel close to me, they feel like they can ask me questions like that, yeah. right? So one day, one of my kids is like, you got a boyfriend? No, I do not have a boyfriend. It's probably because you stuck up. I was like, what? I was like, what kind of vibes am I putting off that would make you Probably because you're bougie. Right, exactly. So I remember I told this story on my stories. I was like, y'all never guess what happened to me, blah, 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 blah. And I told everybody. And people were DMing me like, this is so funny. That is hilarious that they feel like. So then I, one, well, one, once I noticed that my kids always <laughs> like, like try my love life. <laughs> I started to pick up on like all the different funny things that they kind of do throughout the day. Um, and I started storying about them. Mm. And stories have become a thing on Instagram now, right? So it's kind of, t- no, they are more popular than Snapchat stories for sure. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, I'm, I'm just going to make it a show. Like, <laughs> so every day I try my best to have like daily stories of like what funny things that the kids did in the classroom. So this has become my fan base. What really put me over the edge and what made me feel like I could like 
actually keep doing it or people were liking it, I should say, is there's this teacher um, on Instagram who was on Ellen because he had a video go viral for like yeah. pranking his kids, right? Which I'm like, I need to prank my kids now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we became friends. Like I just like slid into his DMs one day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she slid into the teacher's DM. I don't know what that, okay. I'm going to write a song about it. <laughs> That I slid into. I hope he doesn't have a girlfriend. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, and and um, and so we became friends, right? So we would chat every now and then. Like I'll comment on his stories, he'll comment on mine. And one day, out of the blue, it wasn't even funny. Like, or the, I mean, that story was kind of funny, but it wasn't like my best story or nothing like that. But he like shouted me out and he was like yo if y'all not following this girl right here like on ellen's show right no not, not while he was oh, on, on ellen his, uh, on, on his, his instagram. instagram yeah he probably has like a hundred thousand followers or something like that and i was like yo if you're not following this girl like you need to get your life right something like that right 1700 people in 24 Crazy. hours right and i was like oh my gosh <laughs> so that's when i realized like i had had something because people were like oh my gosh this is so funny like and now I get a lot of, yo, if I don't have time for Instagram, you're on the top of my list. Like, I like I go find you. Yo, like, your stories are hilarious. <laughs> and I just, like, I don't even know how it happened. It's just kind of a thing that happened. <laughs> They're funny. I'll tell you why. Because, first of all, you work at a high school. So there's yes. always funny crap that happens with these yep. teenagers, right? <laughs> but then you have a, a good, you're, you're good at storytelling. So Thank like it's you. it's just it's just comical like to watch it, like you posted something the other day that had me crying. Like you always, I think what's funny is uh-huh. that like they try to play you and you end up playing your kids all the time. And I think that's hilarious <laughs> yeah. all the time. So do your students follow you? They do. They they creep. They don't follow me. They creep. <laughs> and like, let me see. She gonna talk about me today? Right. Exactly. Like so now it's a joke, right? Like I'll be in class. I'm like, what you doing? Like. You gonna story about this later, like, like he's like, yep. Yeah. You just yeah. giving me content. Yes, exactly. They're like, no, Miss Bernard, don't put me on blast. You know, like Miss Bernard be exposing people on. Like I just laugh, but they're a hoot. That's, so, what is your goal with it? Like, what you know, you're you're building a community. Well, first of all, how do you even find a community of teachers? And then, what does that look like? Like, you guys just start connecting together. Like, do yes. you guys have like a like a private chat room like what yes. is that like <laughs> really so let me tell you somebody said something to me the other not said something to me i read something on somebody's insta story the other day that said growing your audience on instagram or on social media is way more of a science than it is an art mm. right and so like yeah it's cute to think oh this person is just hilarious and people just share their videos and that's how they got all their followers that's not really the mm-hmm. case <laughs> there's a lot of group chats behind the scenes with people like shouting each other out intentionally right to get like to boost each other up like one of my things is like community over competition like it's a pretty popular hashtag on instagram and it's true you get so much further when you got a team of people with you versus when you're trying to do something on your own so yeah we have group chats and so can i slide into the the community of teachers (laughs) well you're not a teacher do you teach i'm like i'm I'm teaching the school of hard knocks. (laughs) Stop it. Like, I just need y'all shout outs. (laughs) Because Esther's beating me here with these numbers. (laughs) 
Like I was just talking about Etienne the other day. Like yes. Do it. Yeah. So I was talking to him the other day, and mm-hmm. I'm probably going to have him on, yes. right? Yes. Um, so Etienne Viapri, the Viapri project. project. So make sure you guys check them out. But um, so he was sharing with me about his community that he's built, and he's actually one of the bigger bloggers. Yes. But, um, dude, like just the the, the real relationships that they're mm-hmm. building. Because sometimes when you think of community, at least myself, when I think of online community, I don't think of it really having a potential to be like a, a genuine relationship. It's right, just kind of right, like, right. okay, we're online and we're mm-hmm. helping each other out, whatever, whatever. But, like, some of the relationships he's building are, like, legit. Like, he's yes. gone out with them. They've met up some yeah. places and, like, kind of life-changing stuff. So yeah. is that what you're finding with your community? I am. And I was shocked to find that, right? Like, people... Maybe you'll find your dude in there. But anyway, go ahead. In Jesus' name. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, I check all my DMs. <laughs> Whoa. So listen, guys, uh, sidebar, we're going to take a little PSA break real quick. If you would like to slide in the DM, right, of Esther Brunat, is it is that your, is that, that your, yep, Esther Brunat, right, on Instagram, slide in her DM, we're not doing baby daddies, though, No, preferably no kids, uh, if you've been, if you're divorced, I mean, we'll think about it, but preferably not previously married, um, you gotta good, love you some Jesus, you gotta love Jesus, you gotta have a job, you gotta have a job and good credit, yes, please, good credit, and a car, on it, a car, all right, so no, back to... As a complete side note, I follow a girl on Instagram who did meet her husband because he's lit as her DMs. Listen, it can happen. <laughs> and yes, Social and they love Jesus. Love and anyway. Come I'm, on, somebody. Come on. Anyway, you know planting seeds. <laughs> All over the internet. <laughs> so dead. Um, what were we talking so about? <laughs> so genuine relationships. Right, okay, so... Um, one of my group chats that I ended up starting with some people who, like, there was a girl who's a math teacher and then a science teacher, and we just all kind of, like, were in a similar spots with growing our audience and stuff like that, and, um, like, I'm meeting up with some of them when I go to Boston this summer. Um, I'm so excited. Like, I genuinely, like, one of my friends on Instagram, like, had a, was having, like, a tough day. Like, people were, because people can be mean online, mm. right? And they underestimate that, like, there's a human being on the other side of that. So sometimes people slide into your DMs and just say ratchet nonsense. Stuff. Yeah. Mm. So she was just having a tough day and it was interesting or I didn't realize I had felt so like sympathetic and empathetic towards her, you know, and taking the time to try to encourage your friends, even though they're online friends, I, I genuinely feel like, yeah, like I'm investing in your life. Like we're on this journey together. Right. Um, so I felt it necessary to build her up. You know what I mean? Um, There was a girl who her brother was like sick and um, in the hospital. And she's like, yo, if you're the praying type, you know, would you just lift my brother up? So I got to um, Mm. tell her, yeah, like I'm totally praying for you. Uh, Those were things that I did not expect. So would you say that, um, you know, you're, you're being able to find this goal of yours, right? To Mm -hmm. be on Instagram. Are you, are you, able to see it turn into a platform for something bigger i totally do what does that look like for you that is an interesting thing that i don't know the answer to yet Mm. but um i've been told that i have good stage presence right like and i would not mind speaking um i don't like 
I'm not gonna volunteer it, but if somebody asks me to, I'm game. Like potentially in my head, I could see it starting off with like teacher conferences, like, oh, hey, like Esther, would you host for us? Or would you open up for us or something like that? But I could also just see it being, you know, Esther's being funny. <laughs> I think it, you know, I think it's so, this is what's been interesting with me watching you the past mm-hmm. few years, right? We've known each other for a long time. Yeah. Um, I've watched you grow into a crazy little teenager, <laughs> into a young woman, right? Yes. Uh, when you were leaving to Panama, I mm-hmm. thought it was the craziest idea ever, but I thought it was amazing. Yeah. Because um, I'm all about young people traveling. Like, if you ain't got no responsibilities, like, travel. If you can save the money, do it. Right. Um. So watching you do that, and I remember you coming home. I remember mm-hmm. you coming back to America, and I remember I used to see you, um, and you just looked a little displaced. Mm, I don't know yeah. if that's even the proper word, right? No, I would say that was a good um, word. I would always see you, and I'd always like, hey, what's up? But you just always looked like, I don't know where I fit in. Yeah. And it was crazy to me, because I knew your personality, uh, your yeah. best friend, and we I want to talk about her. Mm-hmm. Your best friend was no longer here, yeah. right? So. Yep. It's like, yeah. uh, what, wh- where do I fit in this puzzle mm-hmm. of life, right? And I thought it was an interesting thing because I, I think I reached out to you a few times. And I wanted to hang out with you. But something inside me was like, she's in a different season of life mm. that she needs to find her own. Like, I can't walk wow. with her in this season. Um, she needs to find her own footing. And she, wherever she lands, it's supposed to be where she's supposed to be at. And so to see you now, right, teaching high school, I think uh-huh. is, to me, I think it's hilarious. <laughs> um, because I remember being in high school, like, if you would have been the teacher I had in math class, like, pfft, I'd have been all up your butt. Like, <laughs> yeah, so I can see you being the cool teacher. Right, right, And then right. this Instagram thing is happening for you, and I'm like, this is totally, like, I can see you blossoming into who wow. you're supposed to be. Wow, wow, And I wow, think wow, it's amazing. Wow. Wow, I mean, you're speaking so much life to me right now and, like, literally dropping confirmation into my life. Like, not even joking. Because I've watched, you know, um, someone was asking me the other day about success, right? Uh-huh. And I think sometimes success is, you know, everyone has their own yeah. uh, idea of what success looks like. But um, I've had the pleasure of being able to pour into so many people's mm. lives. But not just that. Like, I feel uh, like I'm one of God's favorites, right? Because the reason why I say that is the people that God has placed in my life have never been average people. Wow. And so the people that that I've been able to um, uh, serve or impact, Mm -hmm. they've gone on to do extravagant things, right? right? right, And I'm always like, man. So with that, um, so like you've got Social Club, right? You've got Mm -hmm. Gavi. You've got some of these people who I've done stuff with. Um, you know, Marty came over to the house the other day, or not the other day, but a few months ago, he was uh-huh. here. We just bought a new house. Right. And, it's and he's nice looking around. <laughs> and he's looking around the house, and he's like, yo, we built this, right? Wow. And I'm laughing, but he's right, yeah. you know? Uh, we started in this closet. Amanda, of a, you're the secret sauce. I'm you're not the secret the sauce. sauce. <laughs> you're definitely. You're I'm the not the secret, secret sauce. sauce. But... You know, uh, but he was right, you know. And so for me, I've, I've, when when I see them, when I see the people mm-hmm. who I've had the pleasure of pouring into, when I see them succeed, that to me is success. Because I feel like, God, while wow. wow, you allowed, whether it was uh-huh. for a few days, a few weeks, a month, a few years, whatever it was, <clears throat> God has allowed me to have some sort of impact in their life 
So when I see people living out their purpose and I know I was a part of it, that mm-hmm. to me is success. You, listen, what you were saying this the other day when we were hanging out at the fish place, right? Um, that you, and Elaine was like, you just like to see people win. I do. I feel the same <laughs> way. Like I would 10 times more likely to sit back and set you up to be launched yeah. than to be the one, oh my gosh, that gives me so much life. Like, and I think that's why, like, I appreciated what my role was when I was in Panama, right? With those students, like, I got to just set them up to be great. Like, mm-hmm. let me let you be great. I'm, I find so much, I find so, so much. That's why I'm like, can I be those kids' teachers at Summit Douglas? Because I just want to set them up to be great. Like, yeah, and it's like, you know, so that's, I struggle sometimes when I hear people that don't have, I feel like everyone should feel like that. But I know that's not everyone's gift. Right. But, you know, you know, it's, it's to see people win. Um, I think that's mm-hmm. why I love teachers, right? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like teachers, um, even though you guys are in front, quote unquote, of right people but you're really not you guys are you guys play the background but you guys are playing the background in building up the next generation of our leaders and not with a lot of credit so i applaud teachers everywhere you guys are as long as you guys are good teachers if you guys are those freaking old history teachers that just yell at kids like Uh i'm not applauding you i agree with that 100 (laughs) percent so your contagious laugh right yes you um this is we're kind of going off thing here but you and Jamila right you guys have been friends for how long (sighs) probably about 14 15 years at this point yeah has it been that long yeah and we met on a beach and she did not like me because I was hanging out with what was then her best friend and her best her then best friend like had introduced me to her and she was just like Ebony uh you know who did oh I think I know who that is yeah 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 anyway So, um, Ebony, like, introduced me to Jamila, and Jamila was like... With a little stink yes! attitude. <laughs> like, make it side-eye for days, right? <laughs> and um, I think one day I needed to get somebody's phone number. And Jamila has everybody's number, right? Yeah. And I said, hey, I need this number, blah, blah, blah. And I'm very direct. Like, I'm not the type of person... If I need something, I'm just going to ask you for it. So I just asked for the number, and I was like, okay, Bye. Like, no small talk. That's not my thing, right? Yeah. She's like, oh, you're just going to hang up? <laughs> and like, I was yeah. like, yeah. She's like, oh, like, I forget what she said, but I was like, fine. She's like, we could call them together. And you know what we did? We three-way number. <laughs> 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 we three-way the person. I asked my little question, and I, you know, we hung up with Kelly Lee, and then we talked for probably like five hours. And it was a wrap. Since I just then. love your friendship, right? Because I talk when I talk about um, when I talk to other young people about friendships, because you know mm-hmm. teenagers are always dealing with friendships, and yeah. <laughs> um, I I enjoy you guys as friendship because you guys have moved. Mm-hmm. You're in different states now, right? Yeah. Um, she's now in North Carolina. Yes. You Killing went to freaking Panama, Panama <laughs> came back, um, and you guys have kept that friendship. How have you guys been able to keep your friendship? Um, I, that's a great question. I think our, our relationship was not based on circumstances like, oh, we're high school friends or, oh, we're college friends or, you know, we're in the season of life friends. It was because we just grew up in church. You know what I mean? And, um, and I hate to sound cheesy, but like, that was like the basis of our friendship. The thing that connected us was our relationship with God, you know? So, and that transcends different things and Jamila and I are both 
um, very like roll with the punches kind of people. Mm -hmm. So she had gone to El Salvador for like three months, one year. You know what I mean? And our relationship has always been phone based. Yeah. So you could talk on the phone anywhere. (laughs) So it doesn't matter where uh, she is or I am. We have this crazy ability to just talk on the phone. Doesn't matter how long it's been, and we'll talk on the phone for hours, like about nonsense or about deep stuff or about just wherever we're we're at in that moment. And I think that's been one of the things that that holds us together. And then our friendship is like I will say this on blue in the face, like Jamila's like my sister that I never had. Like because mm-hmm. like she'll get on my nerves, like I'll get on her nerves. Like so our relationship is not really based on like, oh, Oh, that's my bestie. Yeah, 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 yeah. like, you know, so I'm just like, okay, if I'm not feeling it today, like, you just, we need space. That's it. You know what I mean? So it's never like that. So that's one of the things that just keeps us together. I love that about you guys because, I mean, I've seen that since the beginning. Mm -hmm. You guys had a great, like, it was just fun. I always saw you guys, I mean, the two of you together (laughs) is just a whole bunch of laughter. Like, sometimes I can't even understand half of your conversation. Yeah, because we're just cracking up. But, um... What I was able to see, too, out of it was um, you guys are able to challenge each other. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important in friendships. I think especially now because um, so many friendships are can be fickle, right? We can be find out from people Mm -hmm. how many deep friendships they have these days. I've seen that with you guys. Mm -hmm. Even though you guys live in different places, like you guys are still able to challenge each other with different seasons of life you're in. And I think that's, that's really important to me. Because, like, I don't feel satisfied in my relationships if if we, like, we don't go past that surface area. Like, I want to be able to express my deepest, darkest places with somebody um, and you to be able to speak into that where I also don't feel judged. But, yeah. um, but you're also going to challenge me in that. And you're not looking out for my feelings in the process, right? <laughs> but you're, you're looking out for my good. Yeah, yeah. Right? I think those those are the type of relationships we need to foster, but um, I think it's hard because like not everybody's comfortable enough to let everybody in those spaces with them. And I've always been really okay with that with my with my people. Yeah, right. Yeah. I've never had a whole bunch of friends. Right, like, right, um, right. People think because I'm outgoing that I've got like this freaking truckload of friends, <laughs> <laughs> and I really don't. Right. Like, I legit probably on one hand, yeah. can you count, like, mm-hmm. friends. These are, like, people, you know, um, I still have friends that, I, there's a girlfriend I have that I had since she was, since I was five years old. Mm-hmm. I just hung out with her last week when I was in PA. Um, nice. Her and I went to, we met when we were five. Mm-hmm. We went to elementary, middle school, high school, and college together. She was my college roommate. What? And then when I started making poor choices, you know, life just <laughs> took us in different directions. And then, you know, years later, we we met back up. Right. Um, but I have friends that I met from when I was like 14, 15 mm-hmm. years old that I'm still friends with. Um, funny thing is, I don't talk to, they don't live here, right? They don't live in Florida. They live in Pennsylvania. Right, so, right. But when I go home, I'm able to hang out with them. And I mean, it's like we never left. Exactly. I can pick up where, where we left off Those and we just best. keep it moving, right? And we have some challenging conversations um, but then here in Florida, like, you know, I have like two friends or something, I don't know. Um, but I can appreciate, for me, I've always been a person, I didn't need people to just, um, hang out with cause I'm, I'm mm. cool with hanging out by myself. Yeah. 
Like, I, I don't, I can't really recall if I've ever had that girlfriend who's like, hey, let's go to the mall. Like, I don't mm-hmm. want to go to the mall with anybody. Like, <laughs> I just want to go in, do my thing, right. and leave. I don't want I'm nobody distracting me. Yeah. Like, if I'm going to go buy some sneakers, like, don't come with me because then you're just going to tell me that <laughs> what I'm paying for these sneakers are too much money. Then yeah. you're going to get on my nerves and yep. just, we're not having that, right? So, um, I can appreciate friendships that challenge you as a woman of faith, right? Mm-hmm. How has that been? Growing up in the church, uh, you're all adults now, seeing everyone in ministry. Um, you're not working in the ministry. Right. Most of them are. Yes. Right? For the most part, most yes. of them aren't working <laughs> in the ministry, right? Um, how how it, has that been for you, This like that journey of faith, and how are you using that to impact where you're at now? Okay. Um, I would definitely say, like, having a system of people around you is a big part of, like, what keeps you firm or whatever. So, um you know, I live my life to the standards that I live my life because I have people who have high standards around me. So that's uh, super important to me. And I always think that the reason why I, I kept up with my walk with the Lord was because I had like, I had changed my whole friend base, you know what I mean? So I never felt this pull to, um, you know, do things that other people were doing because these were my people Mm. and they weren't doing those things, (laughs) you know? Um, so, being the one of the only ones in the group who is like not working at a church <laughs> has always been interesting because I used to struggle and I, I would be lying if I say I don't kind of second guess it sometimes now too. Um, I used to struggle a lot though with like being the only one not being in ministry because I felt like, well, everybody else is. Am I really a true Christian? Like I just kind of felt like that was the mark of like being a successful Christian. Like you just go work at a church now, right? <laughs> So, it is not, ladies yeah, and gentlemen, it, but go ahead. It, it is It is not. <laughs> and, um, I mean, I would even venture to say that, like, it's kind of safe, mm. like, as a Christian. Um, so, anyway, I'll Ooh. leave that there. <laughs> so, I work, you know, in a very public school where I, like, really can't, uh, I can't, like, preach Jesus to my kids or whatever. Moved back from Panama because I worked at a Christian school in Panama mm-hmm. and working at a public school now. I remember asking the Lord when I move back, an area of my life that I would like to sharpen or get better in is like sharing the gospel and like being a Christian. It was very, it was always hard for me. I like literally like tense up when somebody would like bring up religion or something like that. I'd be like, ah, let's get out of here. How do we get out of here? Like, <laughs> you know, and I've grown mm. in that because it's so much a part of my life that it kind of like just spills out. Like people say that I really learned that when I moved back home. So, um, I was really like, I, I have a good friend, Kristen, like she works with me when I had moved back, you know, we were just talking about life. We had the same planning period. So we would just sit downstairs and talk and grade papers at the same time. Right. I would just tell Kristen about my life. She would tell me about hers and we became such good friends and are such good friends that it took away the anxiety that I used to have Mm. about sharing my faith and talking about it. Because people always said, oh, people are going to think you're weird and they're going to make fun of you or whatever. But if you're really good friends with somebody, if you've actually built a, a solid relationship with somebody and that person loves you and you love them, it's not going to be weird. And so when I realized it wasn't weird was when Kristen invited herself over to my house on a life group night. Like she was just like, yeah, I'll just come. I'll like, come this is, yeah, like this is the thing that you do. Like, uh, and okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so she came over. It was like uncannily the lesson where we were talking about inviting people to (laughs) so she's there and she's like this is so funny because I basically invited myself here and I never look at Esther thinking like oh Esther's like trying to like trap me or anything like that (laughs) um 
and I remember her, she said the sweetest thing. She was like, Esther's always supporting me and everything that I do. So I just wanted to come because I wanted to support her. That's awesome. I was like blown away because like I, in my head, had made sharing Christ this big thing, this thing that was like scary, this thing that like brought anxiety. And it's not that serious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not that serious. Like if it's genuinely a part of who you are, yep. it's just going to flow out. And I would say that you need to be in spaces where you genuinely build relationships with people, not with the end goal of trying to convert them, but just with the end goal of wanting to, to be a good friend to these people. I mean, that experience in and of itself changed the way that that I carry myself as a Christian. I don't stress about like, oh, am I being Christian enough yeah. or anything like that? Like, I don't stress about it because it just, it's going to come out when it's it needs just to. Who you are. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I don't feel like I need to prove that to anybody or anything yep. like that. It just, it is what it is, you know? You said something so important. Now, some people are called to, to, to be in the church. Agreed. to be pastors and all that stuff. But it's like you said, sometimes it can be a safe zone. Yeah. And we allow ourselves to get so uh, stuck in there that mm-hmm. we forget how to talk to people outside of the church what you're doing being able to teach at a high school you're you're teaching this next generation of leaders mm-hmm. right like you have the ability um the opportunity to impart something into them right. you don't necessarily need to speak the gospel to them yeah. because i mean it's it's forbidden <laughs> but um just your life you know just yeah. the way you live life the way you love on these kids the way mm-hmm. you speak life into them you know, they'll be able to walk away and know, like, I know Miss Brunot. There's something different about her. Yeah. And I, I believe that's what God has called us to do, that yeah. is take those moments, welcome the inconvenience, be inconvenienced just wow, for a moment. Good. Welcome the inconvenience. And that can just change that person's life. Mm-hmm. And so I think I'm huge on that. Like, my big thing is how are we impacting culture? And for me is that, like, anything that's around me is the culture I live in, and yeah. I want to be able to be an impact to that. Yeah, for sure. So a word of encouragement for you. Um, dealing with these young people, you know, keep doing what you're doing. I love what you're doing. I love what you're growing in in, on Instagram. Um, And I just pray that in everything that God positions you in, that it will be fruitful. Thank you, Amanda. Is there anything else that you want to say? I just, I cannot right now. (laughs) (laughs) So tell the people how they can follow you. And, and all that good stuff. Okay, so you. you can totally find me everywhere at Esther Brunat. You can find me at Esther Brunat on Twitter. I'm not really doing anything on there, but <laughs> <laughs> you need to come follow me on Instagram. That's really the big deal. Uh, I'll, I'm good for a laugh every weekday. So uh, at Esther Brunat, E-S-T-H-E-R. B-R-U-N-A-T. Okay. <laughs> and she's single, guys. So slide in the DM. Feel free. <laughs> Nothing crazy. No right, uh, no, no crazy pictures because yeah. we deleting them joints. Okay? Yes, we are. <laughs> and blocking you. So listen, guys. Thanks for joining me. That was my homegirl, Esther Brunat. Make sure you guys follow her on Instagram at Esther Brunat. She is the funniest person you will ever meet. <laughs> Just laugh at her students and all her yes. crazy foolishness. But, um, yeah, so check it out. You're listening to Kicking It With Butter. And I'm going to leave you with my girl, Juan Day's new single. Make sure you guys enjoy it. Featuring right. Byron. All right? I'm going to check y'all later. Peace. Lady is a vibe. Feeling elevated. Glory on my mind. Mama, look, we made it. Winning, winning all day. Praise up to Yahweh. Feeling blessed, I'm too saved. Feeling blessed, I might pray. Cause looking at my life too lit. So stay clean like a fit. Baby, I ran down like drip. Hey, that way, swimming with the hits. Looking at my life too lit. So stay clean like a fit. Baby, I ran down like drip. Hey, that way, swimming with the hits. 
Hey, thanks for kicking it with me today. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and do me a favor. If you can just rate the show, let people know what you think, that would be awesome. And be sure to follow me online at Kicking It With Butter. I'm looking forward to connecting with you. All right, I'm gonna catch you guys later.